and welcome back to Rank Amateur. Today we have actually a one of our first listener requests in a while, actually in think over a year now. And this listener request uh, does come from Tom, who requested that I do a podcast on the Tier 6 non-premium uh, Italian battleship, the Andrea Doria. Um, so yeah, I do not, I will, disclaimer here, dis, uh, disclaimer, I do not have that much experience playing Italian battleships. I do have knowledge of them. I do know how to play against Italian battleships. So I, I will definitely provide a in-depth uh, perspective on how to play against them, uh, and I will do my best to provide a example of how to play them. They're not super difficult to play. There's not a whole lot of niche that you know deals with the Italian battleships, other than obviously their their uh, semi-armor-piercing ammunition instead of uh, HE, which I mean some people believe is better, some people believe is worse um, than not having or having or not having HE. So, um, well, we'll get right into it. And first, we're going to start out with World of Warships news. Um, and there's not been a whole lot that's happened with the uh, with, with news. We have um, the introduction of a few new premium ships. Actually, a lot of premium ships, I should say that. Um, five in total that are new to the game. Uh, well, sort of new to the game. Some are just reskins. But um, we have new brawls that came out. There was a uh, 5v5 tier 5 uh, brawl. Now it's an, it is 1v1 tier 10, I believe, still. Or, uh, no, that's actually just ending today. Uh, early tomorrow morning for me. But, uh, yeah, so that is going to be what's happening with that. Uh, the Trump... Uh, people are calling it the Trump, but the Trump, uh, the Tier 10 Dutch destroyer, even though it was actually a cruiser in real life and did actually exist, is now being introduced into the game. Uh, verdict, it's utter crap. <laughs> I'm, I feel so bad for the Dutch because their ships in World of Warships are just garbage. There's like two good ones. Uh, Groningen is, is really good, actually. Groningen's good. Um, the Dezeven Provincen is, is good in situations. Obviously, it's a light cruiser, so it's very situationally based. Well, I mean, the Trump is good. I mean, I would take a DZP in a tier 10 battle over a Trump in a tier 10 battle. If that shows you anything about how I feel about this ship, it's really expensive. I think they're charging, like, you can get, like, half off on it, but they're charging, like, a hundred bucks for it. Uh, maximum, when you're, if you want to go and have it, try it buying it, and it's just, it's not good, it's got no smoke screen, I mean, it's got a decent amount of hit points, but it's, it was a cruiser, this thing should be, like, a tier 8, or a tier 7 cruiser, so why it's a destroyer in tier 10, I have no idea, it's got 6 torpedoes, yes, count them, 6 torpedoes at tier 10, they have crazy, they have a mediocre at best reload, um, there's only 3 on either side, they're kind of slow, they do it 
a kind of reduced amount of damage. There's only six guns. They're on a four-second reload. Granted, they do have a 12% chance of causing a fire because these are basically cruiser guns. Um, they don't have... I mean, they have... The guns are all right, but it's just about the only thing that's good about this ship. It has a 25% uh, speed boost, um, and but it is that short-duration emergency engine power boost. Um, and its top speed is like 32 knots base. Um, I don't know why this was introduced in the game. It just seems garbage. I mean, I even watched Maltese Night play, and I stopped watching it. It was so boring, because he had to play so passively, because he just gets nuked uh, if, if he doesn't, because it's a cruiser hull. It's got cruiser armor, so everything's going to arm. Nothing's going to overpen here. So you're just going to be taking loads of damage until you eventually saturate. And he, he, World of Warships even uh, mentions it's uh, uh, Tromp was a large destroyer officially listed as a light cruiser in the Royal Netherlands Navy. Um... I don't really know what uh, what they're doing here. It, it just It's another wasted ship. It has so much potential. I mean, it's a historical ship. Served in World War II. Survived the war. Um, I don't know why they wasted it. It was one of the... It had so much potential. I mean, you even give it a smokescreen or something. Or give it radar. Maybe even hydro. Like, give it that. and it, Then it would be decent at cap contesting. And by the way, maneuverability is horrible. This thing is massive. Like I said, it's a cruiser. It's a, Or destroyer leader. It's a cruiser, guys. Don't even mess with that. It's got 152mm guns. Or 150mm guns. One or two, I forget. Um, it's, uh, it's huge. It has a turtleback armor scheme. And if you don't believe me, you can go look at the armor scheme in port. It is 100% a turtleback armor scheme. Uh, very weak one, obviously. just starts to arm your shells. Uh, and uh, it's gotten very few torpedoes. And it, it, I mean, it's not a Cold War era ship, so it's not like torpedoes were being phased out at the time. It's just a cruiser. It didn't need torpedoes, or that many torpedoes. I, <laughs> okay, I, I should probably stop ranting now, but I'm just really frustrated with how garbage Dutch ships are. <laughs> I feel so bad for for Dutch people. I mean, the the good ships stop at the Soleil base. I mean, you can argue the good Nulu, uh, the Golden Lion, or however you pronounce it. I, I butchered it. I'm sorry, Dutch people. But um, yeah, it's that ship is good in certain circumstances. The airstrike's a joke. Um, it's got good, powerful guns if they can hit anything. It's got extended burn time on fires. The hit point pool's all right. Uh, I mean, and armor's pretty good. It's it's pretty reliable. I mean, the thing's huge. But, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's like a mediocre... It's, it is literally a mediocre Sharon Horus at Tier 10. That's all it is. Whatever. I mean, the Ginderloo is good. I mean, it, it's cool. It might be worth grinding for. Uh, the... <laughs> however... However, uh, all the other ships are miserable in that line. I mean, you get the slide base is very good, actually, at Tier 5. It's very good. I would take that in competitive any day of the week um, for Tier 5. Uh, the Kaiju Doin sucks. The Entract also sucks. Cause they just don't have DPM. They don't have armor. The airstrike's a joke. You can't hit it. That's such a wide area. The bombs are so dispersed. I mean, you'd be lucky if you catch more than two bombs on anything other than a battleship. I mean, they're easy to avoid. They don't spot anything, which is probably good. 
the Harlem has crap EPM, pretty good armor, and that's pretty much it. It has, it's like one of the worst EPM ships at the tier. Uh, crap dispersion. Dispersion is horrible on that. And uh, just the damage is not good. And the Johan de Witt is just terrible all around. The dispersion is garbage. That's, that's one of the bigger problems on these heavy Dutch cruisers. The dispersion is just so hard to deal with. It's like battleship dispersion. And, uh, I mean, the, like I said, the Golden Lion's pretty good. But that's enough of uh, that. Uh, so the other ships we're talking about are the Black Friday ships. Now, I do actually really like this event in in uh, World of Warships. And I, I know the community is pretty divided. And some people despise the fact that premiums or tier 10 premiums are being put up for sale. I'm like... My attitude with it is that um, stupid people will get into the game regardless of how easy they make it for them. Um, I don't really care. Honestly, I stop worrying about that. But it's pretty cool. They offer ships at a reduced price. And I'm really thinking of going and pick up a Mines B because I need a good ship to grind in operations. That's not a DCP. Um, because I use my DCP pretty much exclusively in operations now. Um, because in randoms it's good, but it's a little frustrating to play sometimes because it is so, you you do really have to be really intensely engaged in the game, not to constantly blow up. Um, yeah, so they're offering, I think four new, yeah, four new ships we're looking at, uh, uh, and I just lost it in my... Yeah, so we're looking at Napoli B, Kearsarge B, Mines B, and Chikalov B. Uh, I mean, literally, it's just a reskin, so if you already have the ship, don't bother. But hey, it's a reduced price if you don't have the ship. So I'm going to go pick up the Mines B for the price of a Tier 6 cruiser. Uh, sounds good to me. You sign me up. <laughs> but yeah, so in this, they join the uh, the ranks of the Pomeran B, Saipan B, Loyang B, Jean Bart B. Yes, Jean Bart is for sale again. You can go pick it up if you want to. Uh, I mean, John Bart's cool. It's a good ship. It's just I don't think it's my play style, so I'm probably not going to fork over the cash for it. Cossack B, yeah, you know, it's Cossack's Cossack. Very good. Kaga B, also good. Lanta B, eh, Lanta's kind of power crap. Used to be good. Yoshino B, yeah, Yoshino, very good. Yeah. Long range kiter, always good. Pomeran, yeah, back to Pomeran. And then, yes, they're offering the Alaska again. T- definitely worth picking it up, although I need an operation ship, so probably not the best because there's no two right nine operations. But if you're in a competitive, there's probably no better ship than the Alaska, so go pick it up. Um, Graf Zeppelin B. Graf Zeppelin it isn't a class of its own, it's kind of special <laughs> in that way. Uh, Sharn Horse B. Yeah, Sharn Horse, Sharn Horse, it's always going to be good. Sims B. Definitely. Worth it. I mean, it costs 3700 doubloons. It's basically nothing. Uh, so definitely worth it, because Sims is Sims. In uh, the Turpits B, it's Turpits. Everyone loves the Turpits. Turpits one of the most... It's the most played premium ship in World of Warships. If you go look at uh, World of Warships statistics, they're... Um, in fact, its sister ship, the Bismarck, is the most played ship in World of Warships. It's, they both have over, like, 6 million battles played in, on the North American server alone. Uh, the Otago B, Otago, widely regarded as one of the best premium ships in the premium shop just because of its versatility and the fact that it doesn't explode when shot at because of its 38mm Citadel roof, which is borderline overpowered, and its, uh, its heel, and uh, heel, good stealth, crazy rudder shift, kind of atrocious DPM, but cr- good alpha, and uh, good torpedoes, just all around great ship. If you don't know what to get, you'll be happy with the Otago. 
Uh, Asashio, I wouldn't bother. I don't even know why that ship's popular. Yes, it's got crazy good torpedoes against battleships and aircraft carriers, but if you don't have any of those in your game, then you're kind of screwed. Massachusetts, crazy good secondaries. Um, and another ship that's been removed from the game, so if you're looking to snap it up, then uh, definitely now would be the time. And it's discounted on top of that, so you probably see it. Um, I, I would expect to see a lot of them in battle, but I actually haven't seen a single one. Uh, the only uh, black ship that I've seen that wasn't in my division was the Napoli Black. I've seen, I think, two of those. I really haven't... It doesn't seem like this event's been too popular. Um, I know my one of my friends who I play with a lot, he bought a Atlanta B because he wanted a ship for operations and just to mess around with randoms, but really haven't seen too many of them. That just may be a fluke of the matchmaker, but... Yeah, I've been playing a lot recently and haven't seen a whole lot. So definitely go pick those up if you're looking for them. It's a good deal. I think 30% off across the board. So definitely worth it. It'll be going for 10 more days. Uh, so yeah. And uh, also you can gift these. So if you're looking for a Christmas present for your uh, when you're a clan mates or something like that, then definitely a good way to go. It's definitely a cheap way out. Or, well, you know, relatively cheap way out. But uh, without further ado, let's get into the history of the Andrea Doria. Now, the Andrea Doria was the lead ship of her class of, uh, you know, Andrea Doria-class battleships. Uh, she was uh, named after a Genoese admiral um, from the 16th century, and uh, she was laid down on the 24th of March, 1912, launched on the 30th of March, 1913, completed on the 16th of March, 1916, and would serve all the way till the 16th of September, 1956. Yes, she did actually survive World War II. Um, she had a displacement of 24,729 tons, uh, a length of 577 feet or 176 meters, a beam of 28 meters or 92 feet, a draft of 31 feet or 9.4 meters, and was completed with a propulsion provided by four Parsons steam turbines, which were in turn powered by... 20 boilers, and she was capable of producing 30,000 shaft horsepower. She could make a speed of 21 knots and at a range of 4,800 nautical miles at approximately 10 knots, which is uh, kind of small, I believe, for uh, most battleships. Usually you see them in the tens of thousands of nautical miles, but then again, Italian battleships weren't really served many colonial outposts. I mean, they did have one in China, but... Uh, other than that, there wasn't too many, unlike the, the Royal Navy, where their ships were constantly sailing around the world. She was armed with 13, yes, 13, 305mm guns, 16, 152mm guns, 13, 76mm guns, 6, 76mm anti-aircraft guns. The other ones were for surface ship engagement only. And she was armed with three 450mm torpedo tubes, which were submerged and were fixed. So they would require the ship to be moved in order to train them on a target. Um, yeah, so that was uh, the armament. And now for the armor. The armor consisted of a 250 54mm or 10 inch belt. Uh, the gun turrets were completed with 280mm or 11 inches of armor. The deck had 98mm, yes, you heard that right, 98mm or 3.9 inches of armor. And the conning tower was completed with 280 or 11 inches of armor. Uh, significantly more than what she has in World of Warships, as far as on the deck is concerned. Obviously, they're going to uh, uh, reduce that armor so it's not literally doesn't literally have more armor than the Kremlin at tier 10, which only has 60 millimeters of armor. All right. 
So, let's get into the service history of the Andrea Doria. And her service history, well, really didn't start out too interesting. She did participate in World War I, but the thing about World War I, at least in the Adriatic Sea, where most of the Italian fleet was serving because their rival, the Austro-Hungarian Navy, uh, was literally based across the narrow Adriatic Sea, um, both uh, navies were too scared, basically, to throw their capital ships away in an engagement, so they kind of... Uh, well, the Austro-Hungarian Navy sat in port for the literal entirety of the war, and uh, the Italian Navy blockaded them in the Adriatic Sea. Uh, they, they let their motor torpedo boats engage each other, and, uh, I mean, it's a mild success, mostly for the Italians. The Austro-Hungarians were kind of just the punching bag for the Italian torpedo boats. But uh, as such, even though the Andrea Doria uh, did participate in this, it did not really see many interesting operations. They more or less kind of just sat in a similar spot in the Adriatic Sea and just tried to prevent any Austro-Hungarian ships from escaping. And they just sat as backup in case the Austro-Hungarians did actually come out for a decisive engagement. After this, uh, she participated in... Uh, the operation to bring the ex-German warships that had been ordered to Italy under the Treaty of Versailles to Italy. Um, and she stayed. As, she was the only battleship to remain operational during the period in which these uh, warships were uh, ordered to are being processed by Italy because most of the Italian fleet had been demobilized just to provide crews to these ships. Um, and then... She was sent to remove the rebellious forces of Gabriel D'Annunzio uh, from the F province of Fiume uh, in 1920. And uh, she essentially just attacked, the, the Italian Navy attacked the uh, province and fired three salvos from the 76mm guns on board uh, against the destroyer Espero, which had actually rebelled and joined the uh, rebellion's forces, uh, and was subsequently badly damaged and surrendered. Uh, the Andrea Doria shelled D'Annunzio's headquarters and actually wounded him personally, uh, resulting in his surrender on the 31st of December 1920. Um... And then in the 1923 Corfu incident, which is when uh, the uh, when a notable Italian general had been murdered on the island of Corfu, uh, the Italian navy occupied the island because you know that's what governments do. Uh, the incident was resolved, and then Andrea Doria visited Spain uh, and then visited Lisbon to commemorate the 400th anniversary of the death of Vasco da Gama. And then uh, she went to Las Benzia for a refit and then participated in the standing fleet that was docked in Leros, which is a Greek port on well, a Greek island uh, right outside Syria because there was unrest in Syria at this time. And uh, they were just standing by in case the Italian nationals had to be evacuated for any you know reason. Uh, this did not actually come to fruition and the unrest in Syria did calm down before such measures were necessary. So she kind of just sat there and on, uh, then resumed her normal peacetime duties until she was withdrawn from a, a service in August 1932, placed in reserve and equipped with a skeleton crew for maintenance. Uh, then in 1937, she started a major reconstruction and uh, then uh, arrived for this reconstruction on March 30th, 1937, and with the work beginning on the 8th of April. And uh, the Second World War would then break out in 1939 while Andrea Doria was still in uh, refit.
it would actually be more than a year, it would be until October 1940, that the Andrea Doria, or until the Andrea Doria was ready. Uh, she then joined the Italian 5th Division, which was based in Toronto, and uh, she would be <laughs> attacked by the British surprise attack on Toronto on the night of 11th, or the 11th to 12th of November, which was literally like two weeks after she had arrived. Or a little more than that, like three weeks. But uh, still, not long after she arrived in Toronto, she was attacked. Luckily for the Italians, that is, she wasn't damaged by the strike. Uh, in early December, the Italian Navy reorganized the fleet, and uh, she was paired with the battleship Julio Cesar in the 5th Division once again. And she undertook her first operation in January of 1940, or 1941, that is, uh, where she sorted with the new battleship Vittorio Veneto in response to Operation Excess, which was actually a complex series of British convoys to Malta. However, they were not able to locate any British uh, forces and uh, attempted to return to port by, 11th, by the 11th of January. And uh, on the 8th of February, they were uh, called to sortie again uh, with the same ships, Vittorio Veneto and Julio Cesar, in uh, response to reports of British, uh, of British fleet activity in the area. Uh, however, uh, they were not actually able to find this activity and were steaming off Sardinia when they received word that the Royal Navy was actually bombarding Genoa uh, in Operation Grog, and they, of which they immediately turned north to intercept, but uh, failed to locate the British because of a heavy fog. Uh, note that the Italian battleships were not equipped with sophisticated modern radar, uh, which would prove to uh, damage the Royal Navy's, uh, the, well, the Italian Royal Navy's attempts to actually um, get on top of the British in the war in the Mediterranean, and result to, would result in the demise of most of their fleet over the course of the war due to surprise attacks by the British. As uh, night fighting was completely foreign to the Italians, they had no idea that it was what the uh, uh, British were capable of in that department, which is interesting because it was actually quite the opposite in Japan, which was also an Axis country, so clearly the Axis weren't coordinating that well. Anyways, that's besides our point right now. And in December of 1941, Andrea Dorio formed part of an escort during Operation M41, which is a major uh, convoy from Italy to Benghazi in Libya on the 13th of December. 1941. This convoy would see no action, luckily for the Italians, but uh, the second convoy, M42, which followed from the 17th to the 19th of December, would actually see action against the British cruisers and destroyers of the First Battle of the Sirt. Um, however, there were only two destroyers, British ones that is, that were damaged, and only one person was actually killed in the battle. Uh, so this was a relatively uneventful battle. Uh, later on the 17th, the Italian fleet, commanded by Admiral Angelo... I, <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Iacino? Iacino? Uh, engage British light forces. Uh, both sides would act pretty conservatively, however, and no decisive engagements actually resulted uh, from this battle. And uh, during the battle, the destroyer HMS Kipling suffered some damage from near miss, uh, near missiles, which were credited to the Andrea Doria, the Julio Cesar, or the heavy cruiser Gorizia. And Operation M43 followed later on the 3rd of January 1942. Andrea Doria provided uh, escort services for three more convoys to Libya after this. And then while in the operation, the Andrea de Rio suffered mechanical problems and actually had to turn around and return to port. 
uh, wow, an Italian machine was suffering from mechanical problems. There's a surprise. And again, pretty much every warship in World War II at some point broke down and, uh, you know, we had to return to port early. And she remained inactive for the remainder of the year. So she actually um, suffered a apparently a major mechanical breakdown, and uh, it took them literally a year to replace it. And uh, until the armistice in September 1943 removed Italy from the war, uh, she was also remained inactive, even though the mechanical issue had been resolved because of the severe fuel shortages that were crippling the Italian Navy. And on the 9th of September 1943, Andrea Doria left Italy bound for internment at Malta, where she remained until June 1940, or June 8th, 1944. She was then released to return to Sicily, which eventually, and eventually returned to Taranto on the 14th of March 1945, almost a, just shy of a year later. And after the, the war ended in May 1945, she went to Syracuse, which is uh, you know, an Italian city on the Italian island of Sicily, and remained there until the 13th of December 1949. Yes, she did remain there for more than four years. She was made the flagship of the Italian fleet, a role she, in which she would perform for just under a year, and then she held it uh, until the 9th of December 1950, and she held that position again from the uh, 9th of March 1951 to May 1953, after which time she was used as a gunnery training ship. Uh, however, on the 16th of December 1956, she was uh, stricken from the uh, she was paid off and stricken from the naval register on November 1st, and subsequently broken up for scrap, as uh, pretty much all the Italian ships were. So that is the service of the Andrea Doria in real life. It, for an Italian ship, pretty glamorous. For most other navies, pretty boring. Uh, she, well, at least, was actually constructed. So that's a plus for, you know, World of Warships. Uh, by the way, there was only two um, ships in the Andrea Doria class. It was Andrea Doria and uh, Dulio. And uh, these were preceded by the Conte de Cavio class and uh, seceded by the Glittero class. It was actually supposed to be seceded by the uh, Francesco Caracciolo class, but um, those were just planned ships. They never actually made it into service. Uh, she, the Francesco Caracciolo was actually launched, but was unfortunately never completed. All right, that's it for the history of the Andrea Doria. Let's jump into the World of Warships side of this episode. So what is the Italian battleship Andrea Doria in World of Warships? Well, it, it's a pretty interesting ship. I believe the Italian battleships are probably the closest we have to like a traditional battleship in World of Warships other than maybe the uh, American battleships per se. Uh, they're just kind of decent all-rounders. I mean, I, I'd say the American battleships may be considered a bit better than the Italian battleships, but the Italian battleships certainly aren't bad, and their sap is pretty nasty. So let's get in. The main battery range on the Andrea Doria is pitiful. At base, it is 15.64 kilometers, although technically... When you upgrade this, it does go up to 17.2 with the full uh, mod 2 fire control. Uh, yeah, so it is 17.20 kilometers. Uh, still not great, but certainly more usable than 15 kilometers. The reload time is a standard 30 seconds. Uh, 180 degree turn time on the turrets is 36 seconds, which is pretty snappy for a battleship. The uh, accuracy, however, is where the ship falters. She has a sigma of a 
atrocious 1.6 and a maximum dispersion at 17 kilometers, remember, mind you, uh, of 235 meters, which is pretty crazy. And a maximum dispersion vertical, oh, that was horizontal, maximum dispersion vertical of 141 meters. This ship is not accurate by any means. However, she does fire 320 millimeter uh, sap shells. Oh, by the way, she carries uh, three turrets of two guns each, 320 millimeter, 44 caliber, OT. Model 1934 uh, guns and uh, two turrets of uh, two guns each of the same guns. Um, the raw DPM on the sap shells is 205,000 hit, uh, hit points per minute. Uh, so yeah, the, these are going to be the uh, base specs. Uh, I'm assuming you've researched the equipment modifications, but there's no upgrades or uh, captain skills applied at this point. Uh, the maximum damage is going to be 10,250 da damage per shell, which is pretty respectable. It's actually more damage than the AP shells will be doing, which I find kind of interesting about snap shells. The initial shell velocity is 830 meters a second, which is pretty average it's definitely not slow but it's also definitely not fast the shell weight is 800 or 800 485 kilograms the rick it'll ricochet at astonishing 70 to 80 degrees yes this shell will penetrate or if uh, the arm is thin enough when you're angling 80 degrees which is pretty crazy. Now, it has a pretty low chance of penetrating at that angle, but it technically can. Uh, the depth explosion is actually 4 meters, which is more than high explosive shells, which will only explode at 3 meters. The sap penetration has 82, or the sap has 82.7 millimeters of penetration, which is a lot. It's enough to wreck, uh, absolutely wreck battleship superstructures, or actually any superstructure, and can citadel many cruisers. The arming threshold is 25 millimeters, and the fuse time is 0.03 seconds. The AP shells have 194,000 DPM, they'll do a maximum damage of 9,700, and have initial shell velocity of 830 meters a second. These shells are significantly heavier than the AP shells at 525 kilograms. They'll ricochet from 45 to 60 degrees, and they'll have a depth explosion of a mere 2 meters. The overmatch will be 22 millimeters, and will have an arming threshold of a pretty large 53 meters compared 53 meters 53 millimeters compared to the 25 millimeters of the sap. Now the fuse timer is 0.033 seconds. The aiming sectors are not super great. You will have to expose a decent amount of broadside to get these guns out. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say unusable levels, but you do have to expose a significant amount of broadside um, to get these guns out. So it's certainly not great. Uh, Basically, the rule go by is if you're able to get your back turrets off, you're not angled enough. So you definitely want to do the whole thing where you swing out, fire your guns, and then wait for the next guy. The guy shooting back gets you to fire, then swing him back out again. Uh, the airstrike is uh, it's a battleship airstrike. It's got an 8-kilometer range. I don't know what you're expecting. Uh, secondary armament on paper actually looks really good. She does have a lot of 135-millimeter amounts. And uh, she just has a lot of guns. She does have a decent amount of 135 millimeter mounts. Uh, they're not super accurate. The maximum dispersion at uh, at the 4.96 kilometers is nearly 300 or is nearly 320 meters. It's 313 meters. 
Uh, it has a 23 millimeter penetration uh, threshold for the HE shells. That's right, the secondaries do fire HE shells, not SAP shells. Uh, you have to go to the Giuseppe Verdi for that. Um, and it makes it so that, I mean, there's a secondary build on the low tier, the mid tier Italian battleships is somewhat viable, somewhat, not really, just because of the fact that there's a seven second reload on these 135 millimeter guns, but it's not as awful per se as doing it high tier when nothing can penetrate uh and the fact that the uh 90 millimeter shells do have which are there are 10 of them on the andrea Drea have a four second reload also kind of ruins it for a secondary build because 90 millimeters can only penetrate 15 millimeter uh, 90 millimeter guns can only penetrate 15 millimeters armor which uh, means that destroyers and light cruisers basically what you can damage with it so they're just there for setting fires and dispersion means that a secondary build is really not recommended on the ship even though on paper the secondaries do look pretty formidable and even when you're looking at port you can see just the massive amount of secondaries that uh, the ship has but the only viable secondary builds in the italian uh, tech tree are going to well not even tech tree in the italian lineup are going to be the napoli and the giuseppe verdi both of which reside at tier nine or tier 10 and tier 9 respectively so obviously not recommended at such low tiers uh a defense is literally negligible uh italian a is not known for being very good uh, survivability, she only has 45,000 hit points, which is very low for the tier. We usually expect to see uh, around 55,000 uh, to 60,000 hit points at this tier. Uh, the comparable American battleship, the New Mexico, is actually going to be equipped with uh, 50,000 or 53,200 hit points, so a full 8,000 hit point. Uh, uh, deficit for the Andrea Doria. And, the, the, I mean, yes, one salvo could for sure take that out, well-aimed salvo, uh, take out that advantage, but uh, we would really like to see it above that 50,000 hit point marker at this tier. Uh, if, uh, fires will burn for standard 60 seconds, flooding will burn for standard, or will flood for standard 40 seconds, doing 8,109,000 damage, respectively. Yes, uh, these are very big deals for the Andrea Doria. This ship does not like to be on fire, nor does it like to be flooding. Like, uh, well, I mean, no ship does, but some ships handle it better, and this ship is certainly not one of them. The concealment is uh, pretty good. Yeah, it's actually pretty pretty good. It's 13.41 kilometers. The Italian ships are known for being reasonably stealthy. Uh, reasonably. Uh, there are some very large notable exceptions. She will actually do 27 knots in a straight line after 60 seconds of leaving Throttle B, which is decently fast. It's pretty much what we expect um, from the higher end of Tier 6. So this ship is actually competitive uh, as far as the speed game goes compared to other battleships. She'll rock a 2. 0.55 horsepower per ton ratio, and she'll turn around in 640 meters radius, which is really maneuverable. The rudder shift time is a zippy 13 seconds, so this thing is actually like heavy cruiser handling levels, uh, which is really not bad. You can actually build into that to get that a little bit lower. All right, so for upgrades, we're going to go with 
main armaments mod one we're gonna go with okay well you could go with damage control system modification one or engine room protection since this is a battleship that really doesn't like burning we're gonna go with damage control system modification one and then since the main battery traverse is pretty decent and we really would like to get that main battery shell dispersion down we're gonna go with aiming systems modification one in the next slot and then in the final slot uh we're, we're gonna go with damage control system modification two you could go with steering gears modification one just to get a crazy good 10 second rudder shift time but since the ship does not like to burn we're gonna go with damage control system modification two to get that fire extinguishing time reduced that's it for the upgrades here now let's get into the captain skills so the first we're gonna start off with preventative maintenance then we're gonna go with uh priority target because the ship does not like to take ex uh, damage for extended periods of time it is advisable to know how many people are planning on shooting at you and i do realize i have neglected to tell the amount of torpedo damage reduction that is on his ship and that is 32 percent which is actually pretty respectable for the tier um it, there's really no complaints about that so i don't advise taking a uh vigilance which would uh increase your torpedo damage reduction to 39 percent uh, because it is already decent uh we're gonna take adrenaline rush next and then we're gonna take concealment expert which is going to get our concealment down to 12.07 alternatively it is actually advisable to take emergency repair expert to get that extra charge in your uh, repair party that'll get you five charges uh, for And that's excellent for a ship that doesn't have many hit points to begin with. Uh, by the way, damage control and repair party here are uh, standard for battleships. Um, as for after that, um, it starts to depend on what you want to build for. Uh, do not recommend taking any of the uh, close quarters or uh, any of the manual secondary battery aiming or anything like that uh, for the Andrea Doria just because it is not a good secondary brawler. Uh, you could definitely take improved repair party readiness, although I don't really see that as being super viable. I would definitely go for basics of survivability. Um, you could I, I, you could make a good argument saying that you go, should go for emergency repair expert and basics of survivability before concealment expert just to ensure that that fire extinguishing time gets down as low as possible so that uh, you are burning as little as possible. If you do actually take both those damage control skills, you will have uh, halved your or almost half your uh, uh, your flooding uh, damage, which is going to go down to 6,500 damage for flooding and 5,800 damage for fire, uh, significantly reducing the amount. Of, obviously, significantly reducing the amount of damage you're going to take. Uh, as uh, you could take brisk, uh, this would increase your ship speed uh, to an actual astonishing 29.7 knots when you're undetected, uh, which combined with speed uh, flag could put you over 30 knots to 31.2. However, I don't really rec uh, recommend this because you will not spend a whole lot of time undetected in the back of the map. Uh, so after after this, this is a 17-point commander build, by the way. It, it really is up for you. A lot of people do like to put emergency repair specialist on. Uh, see, a bit of consumable specialist, not too much, though. And uh, that is pretty much uh, for pretty much it for the Andrea Dere. It's not a super points-heavy uh, skill or points-heavy build. Uh, it is more skill-heavy on the player's part. Uh, you could put Fire Prevention Expert on as well instead of the uh, Emergency Repair Expert just to reduce the risk of catching fire and reduce the maximum number of fires in your ship from uh, 4 to 3. 
Although I, I, the amount of times actually I have three fires burning on my ship is pretty slim, so I tend to take emergency repair specialist and, and then maybe go for vigilance or grease the gears. I typically go for grease the gears, just get that uh, tra traverse time to down to exactly 30 seconds. Now for the uh, flags, we're going to go with Juliet Charlie, make sure our magazine doesn't just uh, L-U-P us. And then we're going to go for India Delta, get some more HP per second. Sierra Mike to get the ship speed up to a pretty respectable 28.4 knots. We're going to go for it to reduce the consumable reload time. Uh, we're going to reduce our fire and uh, burning time with our uh, signal flags. Uh, I do see some people go for ramming flags. Uh, why not? Can't hurt. Um, and then we're... Yeah, that's pretty much it for flags. I mean, you can go for secondary flags. Don't really recommend it. Uh, also, don't really recommend wasting your anti-aircraft flags on this ship. So what does that get us? Well, it gets us a lot of things. Our fires now do only 4,000 damage. Our floods only do 5,000 damage. Our fires will be burning for 34.7 seconds. Our flooding will be flooding for 23.1 seconds. Uh, our speed, as I said before, is up to 28.4 knots. Uh, which is respectable, very respectable, actually, for a tier 6 battleship. Uh, we'll have a 180-degree turret traverse time of 30 seconds, which is very respectable for a tier 6 battleship. The maximum dispersion is now down to 219 meters uh, horizontal and 131 meters vertical. Uh... And that is pretty much it. Actually, our uh, H our repair party is going to give us 0.6% HP per second, which is pretty good. The reload time is down to 73 seconds, and action section action action time, excuse me, is up to 30.8 seconds, which is pretty good. Uh, that means you reload or in with equipping adrenaline rush at 1% health, you'll have a 24.06 second reload, and at half health, roughly you'll have a 27-second reload, which is, you know, standard for a battleship. So the Andrea Doria, what are these ships' strengths and weaknesses? Well, it doesn't really typically like playing from long range just because the, uh, the accuracy is um, questionable at best, uh, which is pretty accurate to history, actually. Um, the armor is reliable, I would say reliable when angled, but questionable when broadside. Uh, when broadside at range, I find the ship to be pretty durable, but it does fall apart rapidly the closer you get. Uh, there is no turtleback on this ship. It's just a standard belt. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the armor is reliable. It does tend to melt under light cruiser spam, but that is, uh, or heavy cruiser spam, I should say, but that is pretty normal for a tier six battleship. You don't really expect to see anything different. Uh, the sap does wreck pretty much anything that it hits, uh, except for destroyers, because the damage you do with sap shells is capped at 10%. So that's why it's actually recommended to shoot at destroyers with armor piercing, because you do have a chance of getting a full penetration and doing more damage um, versus there's no chance of that with sap and I mean I do agree with that because in testing uh, the uh, particularly the Cristoforo Colombo would literally just train a guns train his guns on a destroyer hit it like twice and just nuke it uh, because the sap could do like 15,000 or was like 16,000 damage now I, I forget the exact figures on the Cristoforo Colombo's uh, damage output with its sap uh, it, it is actually oh, 12,500. I was mistaken. Um, yeah, but it is pretty crazy what it could do. Oh, uh, that also uh, uh, reminds me uh, 
I believe there is a... Actually, no, I'm mistaken. That's a cruiser skill memory. Never mind. I was going to recommend the uh, super heavy AP... Or snap shells. Um, but that is cruiser skill. So, obviously, not going to use it on a battleship. But, uh, the, the ship's strong. It's the... Not super particularly great, uh, but they are good against uh, tanking ships like Soviet ships and things like that, just kind of getting them out of their positions because of how much damage this sap will actually do. Um, it, playing against the Andrea Doria, just don't get hit by its shells. I mean, if you're far enough away from it, you shouldn't have too much of an issue unless you're a battleship dodging its shells because it is not the most accurate battleship. And um, it is... I mean, challenging to aim at smaller targets at long range just because the shell isn't, you know, Soviet. Uh, playing against it, try to get a broadside. Uh, getting it broadside with pretty much anything, uh, even a cruiser, is going to cause it to melt pretty fast. Uh, these are not really brawling ships. They don't really have close-range armor. Uh, so, yeah, it, it really isn't... Um, anything too special as far as taking care of it you know set it on fire a few times i did discuss how fires especially if the uh captain of the ship has not built into fire prevention or just has doesn't have enough points or resources to build into fire prevention uh will actually really hurt the ship um uh, so yeah this thing is kind of uh, he fodder uh that's most of the italian ships in general especially their italian battleships but it, it really isn't that bad you can't really find a particularly great point at the andrea Doria other than the sap shells but there's also kind of not a horrible point of the andrea Doria other than you know it's dispersion which really isn't great but it's an italian ship so i don't really know what we're expecting i mean we've had the roma for a few years and uh yeah no one's ever calling the roma a sharpshooter so, playing against it, try to get it broadside. If it can't get it broadside, just shove a bunch of HE down its throat and hope for the best. Uh, torpedoes, also, those work too. Uh, playing it, it's typical battleship play. Uh, don't rush in right away, but certainly don't sit on the J-line with this thing, because you will not hit anything at all, even if your aim's good. Uh, so, typically I recommend going sort of in between caps and just kind of floating out at maybe, like, probably about 15 kilometers range. Uh, probably, I would say about 10 to... Not, not 10, maybe 12 to to 16 kilometers, 12 to 15 kilometers is like the sweet spot for the range. So when the battle's just starting, you kind of want to like turn your ship away, just kind of tank a little damage. Don't don't kite away at full speed, but maybe like quarter throttle, half throttle. Just kind of see what's going on. Uh, you know, fire off a few salvos, try to damage some ships, see what the enemy's d team's doing. If you're on a pushing flank, definitely turn around and push. But if you're on a holding flank, just... Just use your tankiness, throttle juke, and uh, do some rudder juking to uh, prevent the enemy team's advancement as long as possible. I mean, these are really just kind of basic battleship points. There is no real gimmick that forces this ship to play radically different than any other battleship that we've seen. So, yeah. Also, uh, ammunition choice. Sap 100% of the time. Okay, okay, I shouldn't say 100% of the time, but definitely, definitely over 85 percent of the time the only time you're loading armor piercing in this thing is when you have a flat broadside at close range so if someone's coming around the corner of the island and you see them coming or you think they're coming you load the ap and they'll come around broadside and then you can hit them hard but other than that sap is the choice of ammunition the armor italian armor piercing in general through their cruisers, through their battleships, and even their destroyers is just not good. It is not good. I suppose the their destroyers don't have armor piercing. So, anyways, obviously, just the uh, their armor piercing is gonna be crap. 
Um, yeah, so... Yeah, do not load the armor piercing in this thing. I don't want to advocate the whole conqueror mindset of, oh, just load high explosive or sap and just fire that mindlessly, because there are situations where the armor piercing is better, and I will freely admit that, but those situations are few and far between. So you will do just fine most of the time slinging that, that SAP uh, down everyone's throats in hopes of getting massive amounts of damage. Um, obviously not going to be setting any fires with the main battery guns of this ship, so that is your best hope for damage. I hope this guide was useful to you, uh, if you're planning on doing the Andrea Doria. Quick fact, actually, uh, technically all battleship armor piercing is actually semi-armor piercing, because the definition of traditional armor piercing is it's armor piercing that does ac actually carry, like, a warhead. It's literally just a giant rock that's thrown at someone, and it takes, it's like, uh, usually the... The modern version is APFSDS, which is armor piercing, uh, fin state applies discarding Sabo. Uh, and it's essentially just a really expensive depleted uranium rock that's thrown at someone at 2,000 meters a second and just pierces their tanks and causes spalding and stuff and shrapnel to go everywhere. Uh, Semi-armor piercing is a sort of a combination that it's what every battleship fires, and it does actually carry a warhead. So it does have an armor-piercing penetrator, but it carries a warhead so that when it penetrates a certain amount of armor and it explodes, usually inside of a ship, it causes massive amounts of damage. Uh, so the semi-armor-piercing fact that, uh, that that World of Warships is trying to display is really kind of like a, a ballistic-capped armor-piercing. Kind of, kind of strange. It's, it's more just high explosive than anything. That just high explosive that for some reason can't cause fires. Uh, but yeah, just an interesting uh, tidbit there. Uh, it, it really should be a ballistic cap semi-armor piercing uh, rather than just you know uh, normal armor piercing, just because it has the increased uh, penetration angles at the cost of actual penetration. Um, yeah, and then, of course, high explosive is just, you know, more or less explode on contact. High explosive is high explosive pretty much wherever you go. Uh, but, yeah, interesting tidbit there. I hope you guys enjoyed this guide. I am planning on getting some more ships uh, in the near future. I have actually gotten some more ships. Uh, still figuring out how to play it, though, so it may, may not actually come out with a guide for it because I am really struggling in this ship. Um... Uh, yeah, so you may never know when again, unfortunately. Um, but that is it for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, hopefully not concerns, uh, please feel free to email me at raycamateurpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, if you have any ship suggestions, use that same email. And until next time, captains...